Oh, okay. Of like, this isn't like an informal, but I will still address the podcast with this. So after you talking last week, Samia, about the um, asylum, like what the Hollies used to be. Oh, yeah. I looked into it. They, it used to be called Bristol Lunatic Asylum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know you could call it no, the Lunatic no, Asylum. Yeah. And you look at pictures, it looks evil. My ex used to volunteer. That's what I knew about, like, it's open on Wednesdays and Saturdays, because my ex used to volunteer there. And in, like, there's a museum, the museum, and there's like, she went through all this, these paper, this paperwork at one point and it was showing like the, the language they used to talk like they're retarded and all this stuff it was just Very crazy it was, just, it was just doctors using language like that like not even that long 30, 40, 50 years ago yeah I said to Lucia it looks like the one of um what's the film called? Shutter Island Shutter Island yeah. it really does yeah. with like the whole like garden at the front that leads up to like mm. a big house and yeah because there's also like um there's a replica in the museum of like these little like rooms you can't harm yourself in so there's like padded walls and stuff but obviously they're going to be really dirty and people will probably like I don't know cover their shit in them or whatever so you can imagine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was about to say that sounds like fun but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get the creators going on you know make maybe, it more exciting no. yeah, even the weird things like I didn't want I didn't, didn't say it on before but there's things like the ceilings and accommodation are really high because they used to, some of them, the accommodation blocks used to be rooms that they keep people in, and so the ceilings are mad high so that people can reach to like be able to attach and use somewhere to hang themselves. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. I like how you've got all like, this inside knowledge for your life. These podcasts is as it looks to be at the moment. A minimum, it'll be three of us um, sat on the table. We set out a list of about three or four questions, which we will then try and work <laughs> work through. Even if the transitions aren't necessarily clear, um, but just so you understand how it's forming through. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the basis of it. It's just so it's pushed free talking atmosphere. People can just express their views, and we're not. Although a lot of our views have been positive. We're not directly tied to the university as to what we say. Like we don't sugarcoat. It's a very honest um, review of the university, um, and we haven't got anyone looking over our shoulder. It's all independent in that respect, which I think can carry a lot of weight when it comes to it. We're going for our own backs to do this in the sense it's not we're not getting paid. We haven't got any university person being like, oh, I need to listen to this before we do it. So that's it. Hi guys, welcome to episode two of Spill the Beans. I'm here again with Lucia and Xavier and myself, Ethan. And today we're going to be talking about expectations versus reality of university. So what we thought coming in and how we found it. Obviously, Xavier going through the entire experience and me and Lucia being, as of the end of this week, halfway through year two. Mm. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that yeah, sounds so like babyish, you know, like when you have like reception in <laughs> one year two. So we're like... I, I can just about read. <laughs> First of all, just to address why we chose UWE as opposed to other universities, I think that's quite a variation. I don't know about you, Zoe, but I know Lucia actually did quite well in her A-levels, so you had quite a lot of choice as to where you wanted to Thank go. You very much. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I, I didn't do badly. I got, I think I got like three C's and a B like overall, and the B was in the EPQ, so not a proper A-level anyway. Um, so I was slightly more restricted, mm -hmm. wanting to go into law, but. I still could have got elsewhere and chose UWE. Yeah. 
So for me personally, um, I came to the open day um, and it was a mix of lecturers. So I had, um, there's a gentleman, a, I don't know if we should mention lecturer's name, so it's probably all right. It's perfect knowledge, right? In the yeah, sense. Yeah. Yes. What are going to say about them? No, it's all positive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's a lecturer here at UE called Ian McDonald, mm -hmm. and he's a legend to the nth extent. Um, but he just did like a general lecture about what we should expect, like stories and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, and I was just like, this guy's awesome. Like, it's so much charisma yeah. and enthusiasm, it's just insane. And I think what, what kind of carries over in, in regards to Ian is like, he's not just like that on an open day where it's all about, like, it's hard sell. He actually is like that on a daily basis in his lectures. Yeah. He gives it out. And yeah, he finishes lectures with giving out recipes. Is that Midway right? through. Yeah. So you have a break halfway through. And like, I made a recipe book last year yeah. that was just called Ian's Recipe Book. And it was all the recipes that he'd give us, whether it was like evening meals, like pop snacks and stuff like that. So he has like a crazy good vibe about him. Um, and I sort of spoke to him. Me and my dad spoke to him one on one after mm -hmm. the lecture. And we're just talking to him about like, what to expect, how to do it, and he just really solved the course well. So that was really nice. Um, and then I had a one-on-one -on -one experience with like a student ambassador. Mm -hmm. So for those who don't know, a student ambassador is just like a role. Um, me and Lucia, one were you were ambassador. I was an ambassador, oh, yeah. Oh, cool. So all three of us were ambassadors. You basically... Well, we still are ambassadors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we basically just, I don't know, help out on open days. Just make yourself available and you just work events for the university. It's not just open days, is it? It's like there's like admin things yeah. or like they'll do preparation for open days yeah. or like I do a lot of the PGCE interview days. Yeah, yeah. I, d I did a lot of going into schools as well, running like student life talks, um, which is really important I think to kind of make bring university in, into the s into schools. It's often something that people see as like this out of reach thing that's really, really expensive, so kind of to break down some of those myths. Sometimes with really young, like year sevens and year eights, kind of be like, look, you might not, this might not be on your radar right now, but let's like kind of make it something you're aware of or invite them into the uni to show them around and tell them about what happens here. And like, they have always had mad questions about like, is it true that every single person is on drugs? It's like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Depends who you ask, I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> depends on the group that you yeah. about, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed that as well. But in terms of why I came uh, to UE, um, bit of context. So I found, I did really well at my GCSEs at school, in my GCSEs at school, and then my A-levels, I was like predicted really, really high grades, like A-stars and A's at AS level. And then my, I went to an all-boys secondary school, but the sixth one's mixed with the local girls' school. And so they took like four boys and four girls to Cambridge. I was one of those boys. Um, they, the school really encouraged me to apply for a summer school at Durham Uni. Oh, I had like exposure to the kind of elite universities and was like, oh, maybe I could, this could be me. And then a week after I did the summer school, got my AS results um, and opened them. And I was like, nah, these, these aren't my results. Like, they swapped it with someone else's and then I'm like, no way. And obviously I just kind of hadn't done anywhere near as well as I'd expected to. Okay. Um, so then I kind of had to, I, for a while I thought I was going to redo all of my AS again and start from scratch, but actually I decided to kind of go advised to carry on and then kind of adjust my expectations and, and ended up 
applying to five unis I've never visited before. Came to an open day at UWE. Helps my, I'm from London, but my mum's from Bristol, or like just outside Bristol, so I used to come here a lot as a kid. My grandparents lived here. Um, so I knew the city really well, and so I was really keen to get out of London and kind of move out of home and do have a proper, in inverted common uh, university experience of being independent. But it was nice to go somewhere that's like three hours up the road and um, somewhere I already knew a bit. Yeah. So that's, and I like UWE the most. And again, I had really positive experience on Open Day, which is kind of why I became an ambassador, because I was like, I want to give people that same experience that I had on an Open Day. Yeah, I was the same. Like, because of that interaction with I ha- that I had with an ambassador, yeah. he sort of was like, broke it down to me and really like explained it. Like, I think that's what sort of encouraged me to uh, yeah, take on the role later mm-hmm. on as well. How about you, Lucia? Oh, I don't know how to start. Um, well, I do English language and linguistics. Um, wasn't going to be sort of what I wanted to do because uh, I just thought I wanted to do something creative, like photography, something like that. I sort of knew that when I finished my GCSEs, but my GCSE English teacher was like, you should really do English at college, you should do it, like, you're really good at it, mm-hmm. and, you know, you'll regret it if you don't, and I was like, oh, leave me alone, like, <laughs> I don't want to do your subject, yeah. go away, like, I don't care if I'm good at it, I want to do what I want to do, but I couldn't really figure out what else I wanted to do, so I was like, oh, you know what, whatever, I'll do English as an A-level, and it, I guess it kind of looks academic, so <laughs> whatever, I'll just do that. So I picked English language, because I got the choice to do language or literature, um, and then I went to college, and I absolutely loved my A-level teacher, I still love him now, I'm still in contact <laughs> with him, I'm meeting up with him next week, <laughs> um, yeah, and he just made like the whole experience so nice and then I sort of started looking at English at uni um, and I looked, I didn't actually look at UE, I didn't even know UE existed, Mm. Um, I knew Bristol Mm. uni existed but I looked at Sussex, Roehampton, Newcastle and... Did you look at Durham in the end or were you just... No I didn't look at Durham, I can't remember where else I looked, I looked somewhere else as well, anyway um, yeah, and I sort of thought, oh, I don't know. Oh, Winchester, that was it. Yeah. So I went to the open days for all of them, and I liked them all, but I couldn't ever put my finger on something. Like, mm. Winchester was really nice. I loved the course. It was quite specific. It was like forensic linguistics, which okay. I thought was like really cool. Um, but I just didn't like the campus. Like, Newcastle, I absolutely loved the campus. Yeah, but the guy well. that I spoke to and who did the course talk, was very like specific in the area that he enjoyed mm-hmm. and that put me off um and then sort of same with the others it was either i didn't like the campus or yeah. didn't like sort of the, the lecture giving the the talk <laughs> well not necessarily didn't like them that's really me um but just like i just wasn't interested so and then you ethan <laughs> came to UE to have a look around came home and obviously said you know, this looks like the sort of uni you would love. And I was like, he's just wanting me to go there because he likes mm-hmm. it and because we're together and it means we can go to the same uni. I was like, oh, whatever. I'll have a look on the website anyway. Just have a little look. There was an open afternoon, so I didn't go to an open day. Um, and I went with my mum. I didn't get to meet any of my lecturers. Mm-hmm. I just sort of did a self-guided tour of 
the campus, <laughs> went into S Block, mm-hmm. which is obviously where I spend most of my time, had a little look around, had a look at the work that was on the walls, um, and that was it. And then I decided to pick you as my first choice off that, which is probably a bold move. I'd mm-hmm. also never been to Bristol before. I didn't go into the city centre. The first time I went in was literally when I started oh, uni. So, so but, I was pretty similar with the going into Bristol as well, but I'd not really know the city. Yeah. I feel like we should mention as well, when me and Lucia, because we were together at the time of choosing universities, but we went away, so we were in like separate little houses, and we wrote a list, we did a top five universities after visiting, and although we'd spoken about different universities, we'd never confirmed before um, what were our like rankings were of it, and we went away and we did a list, and we both put at UE at the time. Yeah, well obviously after you sort of said like I think you'll really like it and I was like hmm <laughs> I want to know what his intentions are I did come and I was like oh okay no I really like it and I almost didn't want to admit yeah. it and he was like how was your day was it good I was like yeah fine yeah. <laughs> it's my first choice but whatever like, yeah. don't worry about it nothing to do with but that. yeah I feel like I like hit the jackpot so hard because I literally I could rave about my lecturers all day yeah. I love them all I couldn't pick a favourite because I just think they're all incredible. And it's so nice as well where I've got a slightly smaller course, because um, my college was really small as well, so it didn't feel like such a huge jump. Yeah. And they know everyone, like even in first year, by the end of TV1, or first sort of semester, they knew who I was, mm-hmm. and they knew my name, mm-hmm. and if they saw me in the hallway, they would always stop and talk to me, so it felt really nice. And then, yeah, just... Yeah, I think that's well now I work in higher education. I think it is particularly on a law course where like our first year's got between like three hundred and fifty and four hundred people on it. It's really hard to kind of it is easy to go under the radar, and I think I became quite a standout as it is like being six or six black guy. Like it's just so I kind of use that to my advantage, and then um, would kind of go and introduce myself to lecturers and stuff. But how did you know you wanted to study law? So I, throughout like my entire child, childhood, all I wanted to be was a zookeeper, right? <laughs> all the way up until like, what was it, probably year 10 of secondary school, I was like, zoos, like, mm-hmm. I love animals, so I was like, this is bang on for me. Um, and I, we had like a, kind of like a practice interview day, mm-hmm. and we had all these foreign like people come in and sit down, and um, I sat down with the person I was being interviewed by, and like, shook his hand, and... So I talked to him and he was like, oh, so what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I've, I've got a real passion about animals and I still do. I still love animals to bears. He was like, oh, okay. And he was like, and what do you want to like, look into? I was like, well, sort of a zookeeper. And he was like, why do you want to be a zookeeper? I was like, for the same reason. And he was like, well, you've, your grades are like a lot better. Because if you want to be like a baseline zookeeper, like you don't need an awful lot. You need like a, a course in like animal maintenance and stuff like that. Yeah. But you don't need anything too fancy. And at GCSE, my grades were pretty decent like tier wise um, and he was like oh and I was like oh, okay I was like well then what what other careers would you look into first of all he said the army and I was like don't think I'm down for that and he was like what about police work and I was like it's the same situation like I'm not that brave he was like well you could still look in like law like have you thought about being a lawyer and I was like well like what does that entail and he sort of gave me a little bit of a rundown he wasn't a lawyer himself but mm-hmm. he had some knowledge and I was like oh that's really interesting so I was like, the rest of the day, because it was like about lunchtime we did this, the rest of the day I was just doing some like research and I was like, this actually looks 
pretty cool. And I went home, and my mum was like, oh, how was your, like, because we all had to get suited and, like, dressed mm-hmm. up for it. And my mum was like, oh, like, how was your interview? And she was like, so you still want to be a zookeeper? I was like, no. She's like, what have you been at? I was like, a lawyer. She was like, how have you made that jump <laughs> in about, like, six hours or whatever a school day is? And yeah, and then from there, I was like, okay, I'll look at Laura College did law at college and just fell in love with it yeah. like and now I've just got a crazy passion for it and yeah so did that A level and then I was like there's no doubt like compared to all the other subjects so I also did psychology geography and I started history but then you're allowed to drop a topic um so I dropped history which I shouldn't have done I should have dropped geography but that's <laughs> another matter um and yeah so then I was like law it's yeah. just uh yeah, I've just never had a topic that I've been so constantly engaged with yeah so yeah i think it's both it's quite interesting that both of you just spoke about like how important kind of an intervention from someone like being a lecturer or like this i don't know what professional role that person had yeah like how key like someone kind of coming into your space and kind of showing you that this is an opportunity that's available to you is and i think the more that young people put themselves out there and the more that the people around them facilitate opportunities for them to be able to meet people and be inspired by them like that, that then yeah. I think it kind of can help massively in, in, in kind of changing people's outlooks and making them realise that they're just as capable if not more capable than other people who seem to be like seen as like really highly regarded um, why can't that be you in, in yeah. like 5, 10, 15 years two months like if you put the work in i think it sort of leads into the expectations versus reality like when you are at that younger stage like your expectations for me like none of my family's gone to university i had um a cousin who did dance at roehampton and outside of that no one's been to uni Mm -hmm. so it's sort of this like and I think everyone knows sort of like the stereotypical either the American college situation mm. or like the Oxford Cambridge situation. So university was like quite a daunting thing. Yeah. And when people like at college were stuff first like, okay, you need to like start working up your like CVs and the stuff that you're gonna hand to the university, I just wanted to bury my head in the sand. Mm. I was like, I do not I don't wanna be knowing about this, like it's not somewhere I'm probably gonna be able to achieve but when I sort of fell in love with my top care, I knew that the only way I was ever going to be able to get anywhere. In law, like, the only way you can really expand on it is by doing a um, university degree. So mm-hmm. I sort of had to get on with it. And then, yeah, with that that intervention, that expectation sort of started to give me that first taste of reality of, like, actually, like, it is doable. Yeah. You can make a transition. I think that's so funny. Because I was, like, completely the opposite. I was so excited to go to uni so that I wouldn't have like small classes of like a teacher asking a question and standing there for five minutes waiting for an answer from one of you or picking on you mm. because I just wanted to be able to be in this big lecture hall and just sink into the background, let the lecturer talk for like two hours straight, there'd be no sort of interaction and I could just sit there and I could just be like, cool, okay, I'm gonna take in this knowledge mm. and they're not gonna ask me. It's the complete opposite, <laughs> obviously. First of all, I'm not in a big lecture hall. <laughs> I'm in what is like a normal classroom. Mm. And if anything, it's even more like asking questions. It's not necessarily as much like, Lucia, what do you think? Yeah. It's like, can anyone remember this from last week? Mm-hmm. Like, who was this person? So, but 
I mean, obviously, I wouldn't change it now because I really enjoy it. But at, at first, I was so excited to just like almost like melt into the background, yeah. just be like, I'm not here. <laughs> yeah, quiet character. I know what you mean as well. When you were talking before about having to feeling like so, being a little student, you get a very different atmosphere. You do sit in a theatre and it can hold. I don't know how many live. Is it like two hundred? Three hundred in one of the ones. Yeah, yeah. the one downstairs. Yeah. So you can sit in these ma like massive lecture theatres with people you have no idea, yeah. no idea who are. Um, so to like, like I'm not someone. Well, I do enjoy attention, but like, <laughs> like yeah. but I do like like not having that one-on-one -on -one basis with the people who are teaching you. Mm -hmm. Like when I was used to having it at college, yeah. you do feel like you have to make that effort to like stand out. Yeah. But then I think that's probably where that expectation of mine was met because I was expecting to have a big lecture room. Yeah. You very much get that experience with. What were your expectations of it? I don't really know. I don't really think I thought that deeply about what it would be actually like studying on the course. I don't, I, having, like, I just thought I'm, I'm going to be fine, like, regardless of how it is. And I think having that week at Durham Uni and that was all around, well, the activities I did in the day were all about human rights law. So I kind of was like, oh, I'm so, find this topic so passionate. I'm so passionate about this topic that anyway that it's taught, I'm going to enjoy it. And, so I didn't really like overcomplicate things in my head about, or like, yeah, what's that? What, what's the lecture actually going to be like? Because I'm just like, it is what it is, and I think um, it is also what you make of it. Like, even if you don't necessarily like going to lectures, and in in our in our case, like big lectures, were they recorded, or you can um, still pick up the same amount of information just in different ways. Um, you just have to be careful that you don't completely miss everything and miss key bits of information. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in reality, I think, uh, well, especially at the beginning of uni, like I was working hard, well, working hardish, and <laughs> and playing hard, hard. Like I was yeah, out most nights every week in, in a week, um, drinking a lot, um, and then. But I was the person who was you could like bank on me being in the class. I think I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but like someone told me every lecture's worth fifty pounds, and so I just made sure that I was all, always there. I don't know yeah. that, how true that is. To be honest, it could be worth more. Um, and so and then I was also like I did a lot of sports coaching before I came to uni, so I was like um, very aware that. A session doesn't work, particularly like a workshop or a seminar. I could kind of really empathise with the lecturer if, if people weren't contributing, because I could print, kind of put myself in their shoes and be like, "Yeah, I can relate." If someone, if people don't like get involved in my football coaching session, then it's all going to fall apart. So then, and I'm quite confident I don't really care if people think I look like an idiot. I would happily put my hand up and kind of contribute and keep the conversation going, which I can see that lots of lecturers appreciate. And now I'm in that position. Yeah. I really appreciate the students to put their hands up and it's kind of difficult to balance the your engagement around the room it's like who do you focus on yeah. the ones who have done the work and they've come really prepared and they're willing to participate or do that but then if you focus on them there's a risk that you're going to like piss off the ones who put the students in the room who aren't as engaged and they might come back yeah. and then it's like but if you pitch your session at the ones who haven't prepared so that everyone's on an equal footing you might 
equally pissed off the ones who have prepared it's like yeah you can't you know, win just like this tour you know this balance you need to find a balance and it's difficult and even really senior members of staff that's something they kind of struggle with um especially because as time goes on that students are making some kind of sweeping statements with big generalizations but students kind of they pay so much to be at university that they kind of expect that this is how things should be and this is actually getting yeah. a good grade because you've paid and turned paid. up. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, it's, you need to do more than just turn up. It, yeah. Which, again, I suppose you don't really know until you're here and you get your first marks back and they're not what you expected or they are what you expected and then you kind of rest on your laurels. That was yeah. what I did. And I kind of, second term, took, took the foot off the gas. Um, yeah. I feel going back to like the lecturers with the engagement. Mm. When I'm sat in like workshops and like it's on the topic area. Um you know when I'm sat in a workshop and it's like a, a smaller group workshop and you've got people who are less prepared in that workshop and then I'm there and it's a topic area that I don't know. Mm. When I see the academic at the front and I know they're about to ask a question, I'm like, no, it's a death <laughs> sentence, like, don't do it. Because I know that I'm not going to be able to contribute. And as I'm the person who's contributed a lot already, yeah. I'm like, this is just going to fall in like a dead silence. And yeah. then it's just. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot. Yeah. Awkward silences. I, I, I never speak in a lecture just because mm. I'm too scared to. Yeah. And I don't want to like. I don't know, make a suggestion isn't like stupid and then I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like what was that? And there are like a couple of quite like out there people and they'll happily just speak. Mm. And I think sometimes like you said about like sort of picking like groups of people, I think sometimes lecturers will want to like involve everyone mm. and they'll ask a question generally, but then as like the silence goes on you see that they're just like waiting for those people who usually speak to say something. Yeah. And I know one of the I guess women <laughs> in my friendship group is um older and she'll just turn around and you'll see if it's silent for more than like twenty seconds she'll just look around, she'll be like, Well, yeah. back <laughs> in my day and you're like, Yes, go on, yeah. someone answered the question. <laughs> But yeah, sometimes I'm like, I wish that was me. And there's times where I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I think it's this. Yeah. I could say something. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I remember I put my hand up once in a lecture and my heart was getting so quickly. I was like, what is wrong with me? I was like, just ask the bloody question. <laughs> and then she didn't pick on me anyway. And then um, I was like, this is why I don't do it. <laughs> this is confirmation. Yeah. So. In, in my, um, so I do a sexual offences module. Um, here at UWE and like a lot of it is when you're sort of being taught about the topic a lot of it's like pub opinions it's how my lecture life's put out it's like you don't need to have any experience mm. it's just what do you think but sexual offences there's probably about I think we did like a count for a vote and there was about 60 people in the room and you've got 10 like blokes and the rest are all women and when and the lecturer knows me because I turn up to my workshops and like I engage in the workshops because there's only about 7 on a it's like a 9am on a Friday yeah. so it's quite a poor turnout so he really knows our, our key groups and for like the last few weeks he'll ask like a, a question that's be like he'll be like so we're talking about indecent images and he'll be like so when is it well when could it be potentially all right for an individual to have pictures of a child on their phone that are indecent and like a face value you're like what sort of questions that and he went on to explain like parents with their kids in the bath and stuff like that and you're like oh okay but he hadn't got to that bit yet and he was like anyone 
All right, Ethan, the whole Lex Theatre heads snap round, oh and you just hear this like the swoosh sound, and then I'm like, uh, and he's like, and then he was like, oh, cause like I'm a parent, so obviously I've got like pictures of my kids and stuff like that, like how do you relate? And I'm like, okay, it's a bit of a lifeline, but still then I'm like on the spot, like trying to yeah. give that, but then I don't mind it too much, like I can't deal with it. But. Yeah, I think it also kind of. It seems sometimes it seems like you're being picked on, or but like the real world is more harsh, and often like lecturers are trying to sorry, that's more trying to make um, a. It's difficult. They're trying to make like a safe environment for you to be able to speak and get be allowed to get things wrong. Like I, I've observed some people recently, and they they use this kind of phrase. It's like, oh my god, someone just gave the wrong answer. Oh my god. God, look, the room's shaking. Oh my god! No, it's not like it's nothing. It's fine. Like nothing happens if you get the answer wrong. Yeah. Um, and like, l- like I think s- some. I was a student, kind of saw that really early on within the first couple of sessions. I was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. And then I was a, and I think I also had exposure to like doing free work experience to what it's like in the real world and seeing people get really put on the spot. And it, and then so I was like, well, this is a much more relaxed environment. And, the more that I kind of engage in that, then the better prepared I'll be post-university. And it kind of, well, I'm going to do quite quickly in comparison to lots of my other friends. Yeah. So I don't really know what the point was. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say, um, Lisa, you just mentioned about like, having an older friend in your friendship circle. So like, one thing I didn't expect or appreciate or know about was how many mature students there'd be on our law course. Like, I think particularly... I think there's mature students on most courses, but particularly on law, it's like something that you often find, to, if you talk to those students, they've often like been, I don't know, sec- legal secretaries, or they've worked in a probation service or something, and then they think, you know what, fuck it, I can go and do a law degree, because I'm probably no, be- no better than a lot of the people who I actually work for. Yeah. And instead, I want them to work for me, or like, I want to be on a par with them. Um, and I used to make friends with all the mature students, like, I had some of them, and obviously some of them have money, like, that's how they can afford to be here. Um, so they would like, have some of them would buy me lunch and, like, <laughs> Harry Bows and stuff, and I was like, yeah, and I was like, <laughs> this broke student who can barely feed himself. Um, so, but yeah, how many do you, like, have much, what are your interactions with mature students? Uh, well, there's only one, yeah. and obviously she is part of my friendship group. She is wonderful mm. she's absolutely hilarious and she's she's like a mum figure for all of us yeah. and like it was her birthday a couple of weeks ago and she was like we're getting dominoes we're getting dominoes <laughs> we're having dominoes we're gonna have it in our lunch break before we go to the lecture she's like i'm paying everyone was like it's no like, like we'll <laughs> 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 um, yeah she was like I'm paying, like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, I've got more money than the rest of you, so, <laughs> first of all. And we're all going, no, it's fine, don't worry. Mm. We'll pay, we'll all... And she was getting really angry. She was like, no, I want to pay. She was like, you girls do so much for uh, me, and I need to pay for this piece. We were like, okay, <laughs> that's, that's what, like, thanks that's very good. much. So, but, yeah, she's, um, I think she surprised a lot of people because I think going into it, they were sort of like, oh, like, I don't know how she'll mm. cope. Or, but I mean, she she gets better grades than a lot of um, a lot of our sort of year group. Yeah. And yeah, she's very much, I think, 
she massively changes the dynamic of our group but in like a really good way mm-hmm. and there's a lot of times where she'll sort of raise her hand and say you know like back in my day <laughs> or like when I was at school and especially because I, I think people sort of mistake English as being very much like you read books all mm-hmm. the time you know like you analyse things that's it it's a lot of sociology psychology mm-hmm. a lot of that sort of thing and um a lot of it is sort of like how society can change like the language you use Mm -hmm. things like that and it's quite interesting hearing like her points of view of like how people were allowed to say certain things so many years ago and now they're not now and she's like sort of witnessed that change so it's really cool Mm -hmm. yeah it's really different yeah so i feel like you two have had very different experiences like with mature students like i as an ambassador like i'll meet mature students and sometimes work with them but outside of that like oh. I'm in like a complete flip like I have zero interact like my friendship group we all met on like the f- literally we there was like a activity we did on the first day and we put in a group of like I think it was 11 and there's still eight of us now who will like consistently like sit in a row meet up and chat um so yeah so I've been with the same like group of lads pretty much all the way through and although I know of mature students yeah and they'll always, like, the lads will talk about the uh, mature students always putting, like, apparently they're great for revision notes. Like, mm-hmm. I stay away from group chats because I think they're the devil when it comes to exams. But, like, they'll always talk about, like, the like the work they've done and how good they are for revision techniques. Yeah. But it's, it is strange as well because I do feel like I do enjoy uh, a mature audience when it comes to talking to people and yeah. like, interaction as well. So sort of brings you back down to earth a little bit yeah, sometimes. For sure. You realise that you're not in this like immature uni environment. You've actually got people that like or like for this like my case, like they've worked for like <laughs> 40, 50 yeah, years. There's so much you can yeah, learn and they've had like a real life job. They've yeah. been through different stages of like employment. Yeah. So different responsibilities and having kids and stuff. And like, yeah, I, I it, it would kind of make me think Oh, like buck up your ideas stop complaining like that person's got three kids running around at home and they're worrying about who's going to go and pick their kid up from school when they're ill and like I don't know I, I, I literally the only biggest problem I had to worry about was like which which brand of cider am I buying today <laughs> yeah, yeah I was going to say ours, ours is usually have we defrosted some sort yeah. of food <laughs> yeah. or are we having pasta yeah, like, it's like, yeah exactly it's like makes you kind of yeah, humbles you, I think, a bit. Yeah. And I think the other really useful thing is that they'll often, having worked, if they've worked in an industry, in, like in our case, the legal industry or not, they'll kind of know what to expect and what the what we're getting for our money. I think someone asked me, re- really close to the end of my degree, whether I feel I got value for money for my course. And I... I just, my response was, I, I don't really know if I can answer that question yet, like come back and ask me in five years time. Because when I arrived at uni, like 18 going on 19, I had no, I, what's worth 9,000 pounds? Like I know you can buy some cars for nine grand. Yeah. Uh, you could probably buy some, I don't know, really bougie clothes for nine grand. <laughs> like, but what's, in terms of, an, up, up until that stage, my education had been state funded completely. Um, so I don't really know like 
what's supposed to, what amount yeah. of, what's nine yeah. grand worth I think you don't really see that money yeah, either, see it do either, you? Yeah. So it's sort of like, a lot of the time yeah. I forget that I'm actually exactly. paying nine grand like, to be I here. A lot of students do, but like, mature students would have been sacrificing a lot to be here. Yeah. They probably, possibly quit a job or like, gone down to part time on their job. Um, and so they are a lot more conscious of, they might have a mortgage, for example, they know how much £9,000 is worth and what they should be getting. Yeah. And then my, my interactions would be like, if you can imagine a whole group of people all looking one way, the more it would like be stood behind me and tap me on the shoulder and say, no, 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 look this way too. Yeah. And so I'd have like two I like that. I like perspectives that. to look at. And yeah, um, which is something to be wary of if you're at uni or thinking about going to uni make friends with mature students. I mean, we probably worried about, are we going to make friends? They're probably even more worried about that because they're less likely to be going out on nights out. Well, and there's sort of, it's more likely that you have students coming straight from A-level nowadays. Yeah. So you, I think as a mature student, you'd almost know straight away that you're going to be outnumbered by yeah. people younger than you. Yeah. Really ambassador scheme. Yeah, ambassador scheme made a lot of friends who with people who were on my course or and they're in years above me or in other courses. The ones in years above me, like when it came to like choosing my modules for my next year, I'd be like, who did a chat at next at an open day when we've got a break? Like who's done law in action, like which is one of the modules we can do. What what do you tell me about it? What do you is it good? Is it worth it? Like and everyone was like, Yeah, 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 you should do it. So I did. Um but I kind of had insider knowledge and like with regards to people outside, um, one of my best ambassador from friends, shout out Rob, he <laughs> is um, a 70 year old mature student who's been studying fine art at UB for like the last nine years oh. and um, he's just like incredible but I wouldn't have met him if I hadn't done the, the ambassador, the ambassador scheme. Yeah. And like so we've, we've been on really long car journeys to, to and from Liverpool and like standstill traffic so I feel like we get to know we got to know each other really really well and it's like again like kind of I don't know almost like a father figure someone I can look up to who's got yeah. loads more life experience than me yeah yeah I think you get that from like the interaction you get with lecturers yeah so when I came to university my expectation it kind of contradicts me saying that like, I wanted to stand out and be known by them but I think part of that came from like my expectation was that lecturers were like these beings that came to and from like your workshop was like the closest mm. you got to them lectures they just stood at the front you knew who they were but they didn't mm. know who you were mm. you were there to listen and learn if you made advantage of it you did if not like sort you they don't care mm. sort of thing so that was like my expectation going into it and then the reality of it is like there's so much more of like a personal feel it's one of the reasons like going back to the UE thing like I really like the like the like every other university felt so cold yeah. And UE had like a really good warmth to really. it, like between the lecturers and the students. So yeah, in terms of like expectations, like I was expecting nothing, yeah. and yeah. just to be like a group of students flying on their own. Yeah. With the reality of it being like, I feel like I know more lecturers than I do students like outside of my groups. Mm. On a if someone was like, right, this is a quiz to prove how much you know this person, I feel like I could probably give more of a shout towards the lecturers than I could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I feel like I'm like the same. If you. And I thought, because obviously after having like, such a good experience with all my teachers at A-level, I was kind of sad to be leaving college mm -hmm. because 
I thought that when I got to uni it would be very much like I said like the big lecture room and you could sort of just sink into the background and I quite liked having that like closeness with a teacher where they really knew you and they yeah. they knew how they could help you and I think yeah my expectation was that and then my reality was obviously that like all my lecturers know who I am mm. and they know exactly what you need and they make it very obvious to you that their door is actually open yeah. all the time and yeah it's so nice it's like I'm already getting sad about the fact that next year is my last year because I'm like I feel like it's just not long enough no. and I feel like sort of after first year's over you sort of come into second year and then they also realise who's really there because they want to be there because mm. I think with first year it's a lot of sort of you're just getting into uni and all that kind of the stuff we talked about last mm. time so I think yeah second year is has felt a lot more like they genuinely are like these people are really interested and I'm like I just don't yeah I, I don't want to leave yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm like mm, should I do a master's just stay yeah, well, <laughs> a bit longer get a job I'd have yeah all my lecturers and now my colleagues which is a weird one yeah um but yeah it's really I'm really feel really privileged to have the position I've got and like be able to kind of then be helping students in a way that like I was helped and I think yeah, I, I know for a fact I would not be in the position I am without certain lecturers who kind of pushed me and kind of seen potential in me that I didn't know was there. And I think it's really important um, to kind of nurture that sort of talent and, and potential in the person, especially when they are away from home and like in a new environment and it is so easy to blend in on a lot of courses. You can kind of just kind of go under completely under the radar and no one knows who you are. Yeah. And you might not yeah. Um so when there is especially in, in in our building here at UE like there's so much glass everywhere, which has got two reasons. One is like lots of this is in the business and law school like lots of big corporate firms where they the uni anticipates lots of small students end up going to work for look like our new building. So it's about kind of preparing students for that environment but the second reason which is probably more important is that um there's loads of glasses students can see if the lecturers are in their office or not um so and now I'm, as great as great as a student now i'm starting it's like oh my god leave me alone like <laughs> <laughs> you can't hide but um it's actually like it, it, it is a positive thing overall because it means that, like that's why i'm here is to help students that's that's, that's the purpose and um Occasionally you have to be reminded of that, but actually overall, like, it's something I'm really aware of and keen to do because people help me so much. Yeah. yeah, I think the whole uni is like that. So I get like frustrated sometimes when I have like friends that have gone to like Russell Group unis, yeah. and they like kind of, I guess, kind of make comments or like they like they know that they're at a better What's uni. What's uni? Than uni? Oh, where's that? Yeah, like, like oh yeah, like before. the second university yeah. in the city, yeah. and it really gets me sometimes because I feel like. I like I've had a better experience yeah. than they have like and I would happily argue that because like I feel like I don't well I don't know I got really lucky but mm. like I love my lectures yeah. I love my course I love the building that I'm in I mm. love Bristol yeah I think yeah sometimes it's so frustrating so it's like just because you're at a university that has been university status for like hundreds of years yeah. doesn't mean that just because UE what it got it's like status in like 1992 or yeah. something like it's still sort of like a baby no, <laughs> university exactly, yeah. and yeah I think 
I don't know, it, it gets to me sometimes when people haven't given somewhere like a chance yeah, and I'm like, I really enjoy where I am yeah. and I don't feel ashamed that I'm at like a second city yeah, university. Yeah, and I think because, um, right, kind of what you, coming back to what you were saying even a minute ago about um, kind of your lecturers being these approachable people, it is the case that some of us through universities where like your lecturers have really, really strict office hours and yeah. that's it. and like you have to applaud your lecturer, you don't have to, but people applaud the lecturer at the end. Like that would never ever happen here. That like, it's like, yeah, well. they're, a, they're a real person, they're not just some re- researcher that comes in and out, like, gives yeah. us and like a ghost. It's like, no, that person is, is here and they're here to help you. It's the kind of message that uh, I think hopefully it comes across to students. No, definitely. Um, I think one key thing that we're missing out is the fact that you're here right now, Xavier. Yeah. Pretty much it sums it all up. Like I'm talking yeah. about an ambassador day, but the yeah. fact is, is that the roots of this podcast came from me being like, it's a cool idea, talking to um, a lovely lecturer here called Cathy. She was then like, if you want to do this podcast, I've got the person you need to talk to. Mm-hmm. Took me and sat me in a room with Xavier, who I'd never met before. Who you were on like your first week? Was on my first second week or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, like at the university, it was like introduce yourself. I was like, oh, like hi, and then she was like, right now, say to him what you just <laughs> said to me, and I was like, all right then. And then I remember leaving without having a conversation, being like, oh my god, and then sitting down with Lucia and me, like. I've just had like the weirdest, like, I had this idea, I said it out loud, then my lecturer has taken me in, introduced me to this other like, academic that I don't like have a clue who is, and now it's like I'm having a podcast, and yeah. then the show hopped on board on it. And it was just like a, like, we formed this like group, but it wouldn't have like formed had it had not been yeah. for that academic interaction. And I think there's so many like ideas around the university that have come from students and then they need a little bit of support or for example even this and it happens at most unis like this week I went to a talk at Bristol Uni so walking in I felt like a bit like a traitor and then I <laughs> my friend like oh gosh I feel like yeah, um, kind of uh, it doesn't like being in this kind of rival space and my friend like oh, Eva you need to get a disguise like a mask or you should have gone in with like a UE branded t-shirt or, yeah um, but yeah no like Bristol is kind of like a, I've heard right, the last um, vice chancellor describe it as a sister uni before. Um, and uh, there was this talk on um, drill music and kind of the censorship of black expression. It was really, really interesting. Um, but that was all put together by a student when he was supported by a lecturer. And then, so the talk was really good. It was a guy, by a guy called Jesse Bernard from, he's from London, look him up. It was a, uh, there was like wine and Christian stuff. And I was like, oh, That's a you needs to up its game. Like, after our events, <laughs> yeah, we wine. Um, and then do a lecture. But yeah. yeah, I spoke to the lecturer who who kind of introduced it at the beginning, and but she also made sure to like let the student who'd come to her, she organised, she's in charge of this fund, she let him like actually introduce the, the actual speaker. So And she explained like, she does things like make the event buy tickets and stuff, but she tries to get students to do as much as possible so that they have their CV skills and both skills and evidence on their CVs. But yeah, so she said that's why I made him in like do the actual introduction and bio, for example. Talking about kind of things that students run themselves, society is kind of really, probably another really good example of those. So have you had 
much experience of fitting in societies? I've got like a 50-50 experience. So I've got like interaction with the law society, mm. which was like, I think I was talking to a third year last year, when I was in my first year. So he was third year in the law society and I was first year in the law society. And it didn't help. I think he made, he was like played a key role in it the year before, but he was like, I have no idea what's going on with this year. And it was like quite an out of touch year for the society um, and it received a lot of criticism. I think this year has been a lot better. Like me and Lucia went to the law ball, uh, which we enjoyed. That was a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have been there. <laughs> but yeah, that was really cool. Um, and that like the events like that have been really nice this year. But then I've gone so I've had that like first year law society where things weren't that great. To them being part of the American football team, that then like literally just moved into the Premier Division. Mm. We were training like three times a week personal training twice a week like games and a team that had been like shafted like the amount of shit talk we got from other universities um who then we ended up burying uh, we lost one game throughout the season we got to the semi-finals of the playoffs to be like national yeah, champions yeah I was to that game actually uh, yeah. against Leeds Beckett wasn't it yeah. yeah and it was yeah there was such a that that atmosphere of although it's not purely run by the students students play every role in it like you need you'd have people on the group chats hounding you to go to those training sessions like if you weren't there mm. you were being told about it and I think you got it was like a real split so I in terms of what I was expecting I was expecting very well like regimented like established and a lot less student actually influence societies and I think I was pleasantly surprised by the amount of like student interaction and how it is purely done by students and mm. for students. And if a student wants to set something up, you will fund it and will be so like, easy. Yeah. yeah, go do it. So I think from that like reality, I think it was awesome. And then obviously you're always going to have like if he is depending on who you get. Mm. So I think the law society's definitely redeemed itself this year. But then like I've had to step down from American football this year. So like I'm and I'm missing it like hell. Mm. But like it was just too full on so I suppose I thought as an expectation that I'd be able to do a top tier sport like for a really good team and manage my degree and I mean I was struggling first year and if I couldn't do it in first year there was not a chance in hell that when he steps off to second and third year that I was going to be able to stand a chance so I was like made the right decision but I think in terms of experience like just really good and it's not necessarily what I was expecting I was expecting that same kind of distanted Mm. if that's a thing experience as opposed to being yeah, yeah, so caught up. What about you? You were saying you, you were out last night with people from your course. Was that yeah. like the English Society? Or uh, no, it wasn't. I mean, there, there is an English Society, and I think it sort of took a back seat for a couple of years, mm-hmm. I think, because obviously, because it's such a small course, even combining like the language side of it and the literature side, I think it's still it's still not as big as something like the Law Society. So mm-hmm. I think they've, they've kick started it again this year. I haven't been to anything um, just because I've had a lot of course work, um, a lot more than I was expecting so um, but no that was that was actually just organized by my lecturers they sort of it's for well it was for second and third years because I think sort of at this stage in the year you still don't really know the first years that much and I think it's a chance for the lecturers to sort of have like quality time yeah. with the second and third years and people who they might not necessarily see that much because they've chosen specific modules and 
So, but yeah, that was that was organised by the lecturers, which was really really nice, yeah. and it was so nice to chat to them about something that wasn't like going to their office and going, I'm really stuck, can you help me? Yeah, it was actually just like chatting about like what you do in your spare time and like talking about being a student and having no money. Yeah. It's usually a common topic. (laughs) But um, yeah, no, that was was organised by them. That was really nice. I think in terms of societies, I feel like I should have done more. Mm. I was so stressed about what my course was going to be like that I didn't really do anything in first year. Um, I went to like uh, the like what they call give it a go, like taster session things, and then I never fully committed to anything. Um, but yeah, I sort of wish I had done because mm. I think it would have been fun. It would have been a good way to make friends. But I sort of shut that out a little bit because I, so <laughs> I was so stressed. Yeah. Which yeah, in hindsight, probably shouldn't have. Shouldn't have been, but yeah. yeah. I I first year. I did a few of those kind of actually I went to the Freshers' Fair and like so like the American football team were like, Hey, you should come and come to our tryout. I was like, nah, I'm not feeling getting here, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pacifist. Then the the um rowing team I walked past the rowing stand and they were like, Come to our sessions, I was like, What time were they? And they were like seven in the morning. I was like, mm, no, sorry. <laughs> and then uh, they were like, we do have some other ones. I was like, no, yeah, no, cool. Yeah, you're uh, right. <laughs> and then, uh, but I did join the DJ society. Oh, cool. So that membership, that was yeah. Uh, I don't know, yeah, I hope it's still going No, on. yeah, no. Um, so yeah, f- first, the, the first couple of sessions were free and then you had to become a member and that was, I think it cost 30 quid. And then you could get weekly DJ listeners um, and gradually like over time fewer and fewer, fewer and fewer people would come to them so you got more time and that, that like learning about like how expensive material, like equipment is and then there was a kind of like a there was often like a theory side bit to the lesson which would be like so maybe explaining how the quality of music varies and like you can't just rip music off YouTube and put it on like speakers in the SU, like they might they might sound alright on your phone, but, but like yeah, to play through just the and they literally showed us this video where they compared like uh, it was like really pixelated and then it was like this is an MP3 file and then gradually they kind of transitioned to different types of files and obviously the, the best ones are like lossless files I think I think so yeah could be wrong and. Um, like gradually the picture will become like more HD and then like 4K um, and so that was really useful and then getting to kind of get my head around how a set of decks works and they were really keen to show us how to use um, like uh, vinyl, use vinyls um, or, and so that it wasn't just you weren't just pressing buttons and getting yeah. them to do things for you um, and then their kind of aim was that people start taking on slots at the SU, um, but and I never really got back at it at all. So I know my way around set of decks, and like I've got lots of friends who DJ, so I kind of we'll hang out with them and we'll, we'll have a little go. Um, but it just seemed all seemed very expensive. Because yeah, they were like, yeah, you need lost this music, and it's like each file will cost one pound fifty. I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> and then like buying equipment and stuff to practice at home. So I just yeah. kind of. Gained some really useful skills, but I just just something I just do for fun occasionally with some friends. And then um, 
you mentioned before about like if a student wants to set up their own society how easy it is so one of my friends um, when I was in my second year he set up a UB's comedy club comedy society and he's like a really funny guy named Pakai, Pakai and he set up a um, yeah comedy society and so I wasn't a member but I would go to his, all his monthly kind of events that they'd happen venues or bars in the centre of Bristol um, on Sunday nights and they're really good fun. Well I think all you need to start a uh, society are like the people who are going to be president, vice president, secretary, treasurer and like maybe another position and then you need social secretary or something and then you need like I want to say 12 or 15 members and then that's it. You're, you're yeah, it's that easy. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. So, and it's really not that hard either no, to find like many like, people once you find them. And there's like 150 different societies at least, like things from, I think there's a Pokemon Society, a Quidditch Society, most of the course ones. I was also in the African Caribbean Society. Oh cool. That was quite good and led to like events and debates and stuff. Um, so I quite enjoyed that. So there's, you name it, like there's Wine and Cheese Society, I went yeah. to quite a few debating club societies. Like there's stuff that you can be doing so you didn't, yeah, you'll be occupied. So I think the limitation is pretty much how much money you have yeah. or how much money you're willing to spend yeah. on. Yeah, loads of memberships are like five pounds. Yeah, like the law societies are five pounds a lot of the year. Yeah, I've got a friend as well. She actually works at the SU, she's a student ambassador, and she was in, she's in UE's um, skydiving society. So she okay. like, can do like solo free fall jumps on her own now, which is mad. I, I, that's that's what you never convinced me to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not someone for jumping no. out of the lanes. Oh, I would, but not by myself. You don't, I don't think I'd even like. Well, at least you'd have to do some tandem ones to be able to like. Yeah. Can you imagine that first time though? Then being like, no, you're all good now. Be like, sorry, what? Yeah. yeah. The thing is, though, I can't imagine. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Bristol, but you know, you see like people skydive over like. The like Australian coastline. I can't imagine <laughs> skydiving over Bristol. It's going to be that incredible. Is that full of clouds? You're like, oh, yeah, true. I feel like if you skydived in Bristol anyway, you'd end up blown elsewhere. Yeah. Like you wouldn't end, like the winds are so strong, oh you wouldn't end up here, would you? I yeah. think they might go somewhere like a bit kind of further southwest, so where there's more fields, so they don't get yeah, so they're not going to hit constant Yeah, maybe like we could also talk about um, what we expected of how we expect, like our expectations of being assessed, so like course working exams, and how they've, they've been. I was so happy with that, personally. Mm. Being a law student, all everyone, all anyone ever tells you is to be feared. <laughs> Lucia brought the face of me there, like classic law student being like, I love that, yeah. As a law student. <laughs> okay, as a student with my course, um, I think. <laughs> a wonderful word. Yeah, um, like I was expecting so many tests so frequently and like I don't test well for my A-levels I was like so near to break down every day like I just couldn't hack it like nerves but I don't I really didn't eat much like for A-levels and I was like I don't know how I'm going to do it at uni like because it's just I just don't like tests I can do fine in them like Mm -hmm. it'll go one or the other I'll either like smash it or I'll be very disappointed and I was like I really wasn't looking forward to it to uni and like weeks before our first exam like we came back early after Christmas like well, after New Year 
um, and I was just in my room pretty much like just grinding away which is great like it works well but like the nerves just weren't healthy and then I sat down in my first like proper exam and it was like yeah like well I'd like the briefings before and they'd be like you're allowed food in the exam hall just make sure it doesn't make any noise like oh, have I found that so weird yeah, yeah. It's like, oh have my a drink God, roast dinner but even yeah. like the fact you could have your if you don't have a bag or a jacket you can have your phone on your desk yeah just like face down. down on the desk yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. And I remember sitting down there being like, I'm going to, like, I walked in, didn't talk to anyone. Like, I don't talk to anyone before or after an exam. Like, headphones are in up until the exam, then it's turned off, and then I do the exam, and then headphones are back in. And anyone who's got any questions, they can talk to me later. I always get really superstitious about the exams. I'm I'm kind of grown out of it, and now hopefully I don't really have to do many exams ever again. But um, I have this big thing about good luck. So, I have to, it sounds so stupid, but like people would often say good luck to me on like my parents would write me like a good luck card or whatever. And then I kind of see it as like in my head as like accumulating all this good luck. So then when people say who I'm actually going to the exam with, I like, I would never wish anyone doing the same exam as them good luck because I feel like I'm gonna give it away my luck. <laughs> so, I love that. so my way around it is, yeah, all the best bro. <laughs> it's not like I can't give away I can't say good luck because it's gonna like give away my luck. I I love the idea of you off. like going in with like this bank of bank, good luck yeah. Yeah. and then you just sitting down there and being like, Oh shit, I've spent it <laughs> all my good luck's gone. Like um, oh. it is weird how you do get into these weird like ways. Yeah. But yeah, sitting down for that first exam and I was like, Oh god and they were like, Right, begin and I was like Okay. Cool, like I was like so caught up before mm. and I remember A-levels like all funning, like going in one by one, sitting there, having like five minutes of nothingness and then being like, this is your exam for something so and so, you have to do all of this, all of yeah. like go, they'd be like, section A, but you can begin your exam now and I was like, oh okay then, and then going into the summer exams after the January ones, I was like, it's the first time I've gone into it, I remember calling my dad afterwards and being like, it's the first exam I've gone in. I felt confident, and by no means do I feel like I've smashed it, yeah. but I felt relaxed. I felt like I could just sit there and apply my knowledge. And I think, like, the ability to have open book exams, yeah. and it That's being... That's mad. You yeah. just take, what, you're allowed to take a page and a half, uh, two pages of notes into the exam. Like, what? For have, my, you had, have you had that? Cheat, like, we call them cheat sheets. Yeah. Like, like, I'm allowed to take, what? It just makes no sense, because everything else at school is so, like... Regimented. Regimented and yeah. structured, and it's like... The same exam is being sat by like thousands of students all across the country. Yeah, here it's like the room, that room is people all over. Yeah, exam. people doing it. Like our constitutional law exam last year, they were like, "What can you take in?" And they were like, um, "An A4 folder." Yeah. They were like, "What?" They were like, "Yeah, as long as it's like a binder." I was like, "Sorry, I don't know if I'm being an idiot here. Do you mean the ones that have like the metal rims? Because that's what I think a binder is." And they were like, "Yeah." They were like, "I was like, what can we put in it?" They were like. And the lecturer, word for word, said, a picture of your dog if you want, it might help calm you down. And I was like, <laughs> fair enough, like, you could literally take whatever you wanted in. And I was like, in the workshop afterwards, I was like, how is that, like, allowed? And they were like, it's not, a, we know that you know the stuff from, like, the other examinations that you've done, like, leading up to it. It's about application. You yeah. could have, you could list and describe everything down, and you'd still, you could still get a 2-2. Yeah. Like, unless you're analysing it, proving that you're understanding it, and, like, applying it yeah. like yeah it doesn't count for anything and I was like okay then so suddenly I yeah. could relax and focus more about the task at hand as opposed to 
Because the other thing that baffled me was the fact people have seen exams. Have you had any of those? No, I was just about to say, my experience is very different. I don't have any like cheat sheet type exams. I've got um, a scene exam at the end of like the second semester, which was like, when I found that out, I was like, whoa, like, yeah. that's crazy. Because I'm sort of still used to having sort of like a normal like essay yeah. type exam. The thing that surprised me was uh, I had a multiple choice yeah. exam in first year, which I did not expect at all. I was like, yeah. what, literally the entire like exam is just multiple choice. And my lecturer was like, yeah, there's like 50 multiple choice questions and that's it so just obviously just like revise the whole topic mm. as if it was like an essay exam and we literally went in and it was like an hour an hour and a half maybe the majority of us were done in like 20 minutes yeah. and i just found it so weird i could be like yeah you i'm done leave, and yeah. get up and go like sitting in a level like i'd finish and then be sat with like half an hour being like my stomach's gonna start rumbling mm. i'm bored like that's a nice tree out the window <laughs> how many times have i looked at that now yeah. and then like should i check over my stuff again whereas i was literally just like i think i'm done and they were like that's it yeah. i got up walked out got my bag and literally yeah. walked out all my friends were still in there i was like what do i do yeah. I was like, do, I, do i wait for them or <laughs> yeah, do i just go home now yeah. like yeah and then i literally like i remember i like went back to my flat and i sat there like i should still be in my exam right now yeah. like should i go back like this is just weird I don't like doing it but there is like a buzz you you know it's coming yeah. and I think it kind of makes me cringe which is why I don't like it I, I just try and leave yeah a bit like you generally like it with headphones on as soon as I leave yeah um but my when my final year one of my, like my penultimate exam was like this huge three-hour equity and trust exam you, you can take anything in I hadn't been, I got this new laptop for final year, so I typed everything all year and then hadn't, hadn't even like the practice questions I did were all typed, so I hadn't practiced handwriting anything. And like within 20 minutes, my hand is like in, stuck in this horrible crap, I look like a claw, and I have to carry on writing for another <laughs> like two hours and 40 minutes. Um, so, um, the point was, penultimate exam. Yeah, <laughs> I'm tired. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. You were saying about oh, yeah, oh, oh, just yeah. expectations exams and so I came out of that exam and then decided for some stupid reason to stand with the most confident group of lads ever, and they were all like, "Yeah, for this answer, I got this and this and this." Oh my god, it went so well, and I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't put any of those things they just mentioned." The worst. But the thing is, and it's particularly with that type that. Like module equity and trust is very open and like it's all about kind of um, you as long as you can back up what you're saying with with evidence, it's fine and it's it's normal to have different people come to different conclusions. Yeah. yeah. But in that moment, I just panicked because I hadn't written anything. They come to completely different conclusions to them, and then eventually, like going to the SU after the exam, I like I think. It, I can't remember, that might have been in the afternoon, but I've definitely had morning exams and gone straight to the SU afterwards, and like, neck in pints at 11. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, that, yeah, I'm, I did come across some people who were like, did you write about this, this, this? And they were like, yeah, and I used this case, and I was like, yes, but there were yeah. other people who were on the same yeah. as me. But just general rule of like, advice, just avoid, because there's nothing you can do, all you're going to do is panic about yeah. it. But it's I also, think. it's coursework as well, I think. I know the past couple of weeks, 
well, sec- I have a second year module called Analyzing Culture, which is very vague in itself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the coursework was just, you know, you picked an article and you had to critically analyze it, but you could choose any sorts of features. You know, we mm. obviously had the 11, 12 weeks of teaching and over that time we got taught so many different features that you could put in. It was only a thousand words, which mm. was obviously really difficult. And my lecturer sort of said, you know, try and pick between two and four because you try and do all of them, you won't be able to analyse it. And then obviously you're, like, I was sat there with my friends and we're sort of all analysing like different things. Then we came back together and like, spoke about it again and all of a sudden like all of us were analysing the same four features <laughs> and we were like, oh no, this is going to be plagiarised, yeah. this is going to be awful. And then you sort of sit there and you say like, oh, like, have you referenced like so-and-so? And like, they're like, no. like. I've referenced them and said, you're like, well, who's that? Are they more important? <laughs> like, like, what yeah. page did you use? Like, yeah. what, what do they talk about? Like, is it actually relevant? And then you're like, is my stuff relevant? I, I, I don't actually know. Yeah. And you're like, have I put too many quotes in? Like, How many quotes have you got? <laughs> Seven. Oh my God, I've only got four. Like, is that not enough? Yeah. And then you're like, oh my God, no, I'm driving myself crazy. <laughs> yeah. like, I just need to set, take a step back, be like, read through it. Do I think it sounds okay? Yeah, well, my lecture thinks okay. Yeah. Who knows? But we'll submit it. Yeah. It's like, I like stay well away from group chats like I'm almost a bit of a prick when it comes to the end of exam I'm ever hostile with it but if anyone tries to be like how did you do, how did it go I'd be like yeah good how did it go for you yeah, yeah good and they go oh like how did you answer I'd be like no don't like I'll be like I'm not being a prick well, but I yeah. Well. yeah yeah I'm like I don't want to talk about it there's nothing I can do about it now like it can't be changed this how it is and this is the reason why I don't go on like I'm not in any of the group chats because whenever it gets to that exam season all people are talking about before is exams that stress me out. Yeah. And then as soon as it's done, they're like, okay, so it was definitely this one for this one, right? Yeah. Oh no, I put this, and I'm like, I don't even want it. Especially with multiple choice, and, and they're like, was it C or A or D? And you're like, yeah. what? It was just like, I put it, a D, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's absolutely nuts. It's like, yeah. oh, also, just for the listeners, if you are a student going into like first year, and you've got a multiple choice exam, just because we said, that it's multiple choice, don't get it twisted and think it's easy, because yeah. you'll look at the questions and it'll be like, to put it into perspective, it'll be like, what noise does a dog make? Woof, bark, like, meow, or ribbit, and you know two of them are wrong, yeah. but you're pretty sure, it'll be like, which one best applies, and you'll be like, I don't know, they could do either, and it's like, yeah, so don't for one second sit there being like, oh, this is going to be easy, like, because it will, they bully you more than you, like, yeah. actually. Oh, group work, group avoid work. it so at all sorts. Group, group, <laughs> group work, yeah. you know, you start out and you're like, oh my god, perfect. Like, if you've got a group of friends as well, you're like, we'll all work together. Yeah. Like, me and my group of friends, we've just done group work and we were like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. We'll work together. Like, finally, we're going to get first. It's going to be incredible. And then we, we were like, sort of getting into it. And then people sort of had different opinions. And they were like, oh, maybe we should do this instead. And then there was a lot of sort of, awkwardness and then there's people changing bits that you've written and mm. then you're like do I get angry or is it just like they've changed everyone's so like we need to calm down <laughs> I mean in the end I'm gonna flex we got a first oh. so they do but they will portray you though like, but <laughs> yeah getting there was like <laughs> this is tense it was yeah it's a bit stressful yeah. so yeah group work as well from like the outset you might be like yes yeah, get to work with my friends it's gonna be great but then you're sort of like, oh my god, my friendship's in jeopardy now because of this group work. Yeah, for sure. But kind of, as you kind of draw to a close, another thing, like, trying to segue, um, is about multiple choice tests. 
like and the word choice you get so much choice in your in your, in your modules it's awesome like that's so nice one of the big things that swayed me to come here which i forgot to mention at the beginning was like how many different modules there were to choose from on the law course and i think it's the same for lots of other courses like and it's something to consider that when you're looking at universities how like the law course here is very different to the law course that's done at lots of other universities because yeah, we've got people who are experts in loads and loads of different fields and you can do quite a niche topics like financial crime and regulation or we're one of like 10, 12 unis that do sports law or yeah. media and entertainment law. Like there's loads of kind of specialist subjects. Um, so, uh, and then I also would do things I was interested in and luckily a lot of those matched up with modules that had more coursework over exams. Like I hate exams with a passion. So like I'm like coursework I just feel way more in control, like if yeah. I need help. There's loads of people who can read my my work, like um to plug myself a little bit, I work in something called the Academic Success Centre. So a big part of my job role is like meeting students on a one to one basis or running workshops with them in skills. And so I can literally read over your work and check that spelling grammar's good, that your structure's good, like I can't necessarily always assist or often don't really assist with like the in actual content but I can say like you could the scope for you to be more analytical here or your introduction's not great, what what could you move around or yeah. make sure that your people come and they've got queries about they can't make up the words or they've got way too many words and yeah, that's there's there's loads of ways that you can get support coursework that for sure and with exams like there are people that will help you to prepare but I think it's a more of a well all of your work has to be most of almost all your work will be submitted like independently and you can't collude with other students but yeah. it is more of a kind of I'm gonna get help. Yeah for sure. I've used the academic success centre yeah. before you were there when there was like a period where I don't think there was anyone specifically law, yeah, yeah. I went and it was stupidly useful and like we've got like the careers team at UWE mm. like some of the when you do foundations for law part of it is setting yourself up for the legal world so getting a good CV that suits you and I went to like one-on-one -on -one clinics with to get my CV about six or seven times mm. before the hand in not just because I wanted a good grade but at the same time it like sets you off so nicely for when it comes to it because then it gets to a point where all you have to do is just tweak a few bits mm. and like yeah, it just carries over really well. Yeah. So, yeah, but choice is crazy. Ooh. Very nice. So thank you for listening. I feel like we should do a an exit for once. Outro. So. Bye. <laughs> do you want to do a synchronized bye? No. Or do you want to do individual goodbyes? No. Just do a thank you for listening. Yeah. Just do that. See you later. Have a good Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Merry Christmas. Enjoy. Happy New Year. And we'll see you in the new year for a another episode. How exciting. <laughs> <laughs>